come along Talk about uh, all the things we can So spare a minute of your time Oh, it's time for Today, Teddy Roosevelt recruits the Rough Riders San Antonio has proven to be as historically interesting as it is beautiful. But truthfully, it's hard to not run into landmarks if you take the time to slowly and thoughtfully walk through downtown. But of all the spots I've visited, and all the stories I read in my time here, nothing really drew my attention quite like the Menger Bar downtown, which lies directly across from the Alamo. In 1898, Colonel Leonard Wood and his lieutenant colonel, a name some of you might recognize, Theodore Roosevelt, set up at the Menger Bar, where they recruited over 1,250 men to form the Rough Riders to assist with the annexation of Cuba from Spain during the Spanish-American War. But after talking to Angela, the insightful head bartender of the Menger, I realized that Teddy and his presence at the bar is just the start of what becomes a fascinating history of the bar, the hotel which is attached to the bar, and the town of San Antonio as a whole. My van is large, and I can't find parking. After driving around for a good 30 minutes, I find a spot, eventually, gather my gear, and walk towards the Menger Bar. With time to spare, for a change, I decide to drop all of my gear on a bench and face the Alamo for a couple minutes. I look closely at the way each stone crudely supports the stone above and or beneath it. The various arches and the curved architecture above it really make it worth just looking at for a little bit. I also look at the tourists, and I notice the interest they show in the building and its history. It's hard to put into words, really, but for me, there's really something, well, timeless, I guess, about being near and in historic locations. I check my watch, and it's time for my interview at the Menger Bar. Luckily, it's a 15-second walk, and I make it there on time. I enter the mostly wooden bar, and I feel much the same as I did across from the Alamo. You can tangibly feel the history of the building. Looking around the room, my first impression is comfort. It's a place that encourages a cold pint in your hand and a night of healthy conversation. I meet with Angela, we shake hands, and we walk upstairs towards the mezzanine, which overlooks the entire bar. I will add quickly that this is very much a working bar, so there will be talking in the background. But I honestly, for this episode at least, wouldn't have it any other way. Imagine, if you will, we're sitting next to Teddy, drinking beer and talking war, I guess. <laughs> with that in mind, Angela and I put on our headphones and we begin to talk. Before we get into the history of this bar, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Well, I've been here in the Minger Bar um, for almost 15 years now. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we've been... Um, through a lot over the last couple years, but I'm glad that we all didn't turn into zombies and the Minger Bar still lives. It still lives. (laughs) 
And we were talking earlier, you grew up in San Antonio? I did. Right? I did. Okay. My family is from originally the South Texas area, around King Ranch area. Okay. Uh, but I grew up here, luckily for me. Okay. And what drew you to this bar? Well, I worked in uh, some of the other historic properties in the area, and I actually lost a GM that was amazing, and he started working for this company. Okay. Um, so slowly we kind of kind of talked about me moving over and you know doing some days here and I fell in love with it and I haven't left I've yeah. been here since <laughs> are you are you a history person as well I love history it was probably always my strongest subject and I remember walking through the lobbies in this hotel for the first time and I immediately fell in love with it. Yeah. I mean, it's so rich in history and you can see it. You know? Yeah. It is like walking through another time. There is a different vibe that you get walking into a place with a storied past. And this definitely does. Can you tell me a little bit about why this place is historically significant? Oh, definitely. Um, the Minger family was very important to a lot of the you know, development of downtown post-fall of the Alamo. You know, they were operating mm-hmm. 23 years after the fall of the Alamo. So, you know, Mrs. Minger owned a boarding house not too far from here. Okay. Um, and she was married to a butcher originally. And Mr. Wow. Minger was actually one of her guests in her boarding home. Okay. Uh, he arrived from Germany in 19... I'm sorry, 1847. And, um, you know, was a cooper. So sure. her, oh. when her husband passed... He snatched her right up because she was a complete businesswoman. You know, they were going to do big things. And okay, um, by 1854, they started the brewing company. Uh, 1850 census had other brewers in the area, yeah. but none uh, brewing at a commercial capacity. So Mr. Minger's Western Brewing Company okay. was literally the very first brewery in the state of Texas. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah. I didn't realize that the brewery came before the hotel and later yeah. the bar. You see 1859 stamped all over throughout, throughout the building, but that was the year that the actual hotel opened. Yeah, But that brewery dates back to 1854. So what was the transition between the brewery and later the hotel then? I believe, you know, being that Miss Menger had that experience with running that boarding home, um, it was a, an easy move to make to build the hotel, you yeah. know, because it brought that much more business for them. Okay. And it was, a, it was a big move for them, and it did bring in the likes of so many historically significant people who were yeah. coming through San Antonio, so... Sure. Yeah. I mean, you look around the bar itself, you'll see all the Teddy Roosevelt influence, and that's because he recruited the last of the Rough Riders here in this bar with us. But yeah, it all started with a brewery. Um, By 1855, uh, he brought in his brewmaster from Germany. His name was Charles uh, Deegan. Charles Deegan. Charles Deegan was the the brewmaster for the Western Brewing Company. And he actually uh, was crucial to the brewery in a sense that after Mr. Minger passed away, he stayed with Mrs. Minger and brewed for almost another 10 years with her. Wow. Yeah, so, um, you know, eventually the Anhausers and the Schlitz families, you know, they began to do well in this area. Yeah. And she had gotten older, you know, so at, at some point the brewery did go under, 
but you know Shiner Bach, Shiner Brewing Company, the, the Spotsil Brewery, yeah, uh, is currently the longest consistently run brewery in the state of Texas. But had she not gone under, we'd hold that title. Wow, it seems like she held up those businesses with her personality. I mean, and it wasn't so much just the brewery. I mean, they were doing so many big things in this area. Mr. Manger actually um, built the very first firehouse. There was one volunteer firehouse before his. Uh, he was actually paying his employees to be firemen. He was the very first fire chief of the city, basically. Wow. Okay. Um, Mrs. Manger was employing more San Antonio, more San Antonians in this area than any other establishment downtown. Um, and okay. she was uh, crucial to bringing the U.S. Postal Service to the Alamo Plaza. Okay. And they're still here today. So, you know, they were doing a lot. They helped build the St. Joseph's Catholic Church. You know, they, their hands were in a lot. So, so what, was, what was San Antonio like in that period? Well, you know, the, the Hispanic culture and the German culture specifically were very intertwined. And that's what kind of produced that whole Tex-Mex culture you know it was the meshing of of two different peoples who spent a lot of time with each other you know branched farmed cooked you know you get so many different elements of san antonio that are specifically you know directed because of them right of what they created um so it's it's a special place yeah yeah, and you can feel that influence today especially too it's my first time here so it's very cool Let's get in some facts about Teddy Roosevelt. Fact number one. As a child, Roosevelt witnessed Abraham Lincoln's funeral procession. There's actually a really interesting photo that shows a young Roosevelt perched on a window as the procession passes by. It's fascinating. I'll actually put it on my Instagram if you're interested. Fact number two. And this isn't very surprising, frankly, but Teddy loved boxing. So much that eventually he lost sight in one of his eyes during a sparring match. In his autobiography, he describes the punch as leaving him, quote, dim, unquote, in his left eye. Fact number three, and finally, Roosevelt was the first president to leave the country during office. During the construction of the Panama Canal, which he petitioned for pretty heavily, actually, he visited Panama to view the construction. Apparently, workers let him operate a steam shovel. That's pretty cool. Let's get back to the bustling bar. And where does the Teddy Roosevelt, we, you mentioned him briefly, so he was recruiting the, the Rough Riders. Yeah. Um, so by, like I said, by 1871, Mr. Minger had passed away. Um, Mrs. Minger ends up selling both brewery and hotel to the Campman family in 1881. And where Mrs. Minger had only paid about 15000 for the actual hotel, she got bought out for the brewery and the hotel for $132,000 in 1881. Wow. Uh, so she made out okay, but yeah. unfortunately, the Campman family didn't want to continue the brewery. They wanted to expand the hotel, and they did. They're the ones that expanded um, eastward and upward, uh, and they're actually the family that purchased the woodwork that you're looking at now. Uh, all of this woodwork is original to 1887. Um, wow. A mahogany, cherry, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it, and in post-prohibition, you don't get bars in their entirety like this so many right. bars ha- you know were selling off piece by piece um, but this bar where it has moved several times 
uh, it's all original woodwork. Which so. is incredible. And it has almost like a church-like... It does. Uh, what would you call this, balcony that it we're does. sitting on right it, now? It's a mezzanine, according to one of my contractor friends. Okay. Uh, but yeah, structurally, it's supposed to mimic the House of Lords in London. Yeah. Um, and the Catmans actually spent $63,000 on this woodwork and mirror, you know, combo. Um, I spoke to a historian that was saying in that time frame, a lot of the woodwork was coming from... Africa, but it was being manufactured in Austria. So okay. it makes sense, you know, being that there was a huge German, Austrian, Polish, Czech presence in this area. Right. Um, but they actually uh, had gone to Germany to purchase a lot of the antiques that you see through the, throughout the building. That's fascinating. Yeah. So, so this is roughly what Teddy would have seen walking yes, in here? Yeah, or? business would have happened up here on the top. Um, he, for the most part, had uh, the Rough Riders gathered, you know, from New York to California. You know, there was a, an array of different men that signed up to volunteer to fight in the Spanish-American War. Can but you? Is, oh, I'm so sorry. No, no, you're okay. Could you explain the Rough Riders a little bit to me? So I the, did some research, yeah, but I'm yeah. not very... Um, the Rough Riders were a volunteer cavalry that Teddy Roosevelt put together, and they were uh, sent to Cuba to kind of finish off that Spanish-American War. And what the Spanish-American War uh, did was it liberated Cuba from Spanish control, but in the same token, the U.S. acquired Puerto Rico and um, a Philippine port, I believe. Yeah. Um, and don't mark my word, but this is kind of a lot of years of reading and kind of yeah. it all kind of flows together sometimes. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I was also told that, you know, out of maybe the thousand men that he gathered, which a handful of them were out of this bar, when they got to Florida, when they got to Ybor City to meet the ships to go to Cuba, yeah. there weren't enough ships. So there was only about half of the men that he gathered that even went to fight. Wow. Interesting. So what was it about bars that made a good place to recruit people to go well, to I war mean, in that I way? I guess everything's a little more negotiable with some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> I have a 13-year-old that moves it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a simple answer. I like it. I like it. No, I think You're- it was, you know, the, the kind of men that needed to be tough and you know, all about fighting a war. Um, yeah. You know, they were they, they were a little rough around the edges in this area. So yeah. I'm sure that, you know, a nice speech and a shot of whiskey went a long way. All right, I'll go. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so Teddy recruited the Rough Riders to go to Cuba. But why? Why did the United States go to war with Spain in the first place? Well... The short answer is it's kind of complicated. An entire podcast, really, could be made about the geopolitical implications of the Spanish's eventual withdrawal from the Americas. And there are many more reasons, but here are the spark notes. America supported the ongoing struggle by Cuba and the Philippines against Spanish rule. Additionally, there was also a, quote, mysterious, unquote, explosion of the U.S. battleship USS Maine, which was sent by the United States to protect U.S. citizens in Cuba. So the reasons for going to war were really quite foggy at best. The U.S. blamed Spain for the explosion. War commenced, but the quick conflict formally ended with the Treaty of Paris in 1898. In it, Spain renounced all claim to Cuba and ceded Guam and Puerto Rico to the United States and transferred sovereignty over to the Philippines for $20 million. So that is a short, non-historian recap of the Spanish-American War. Let's get back to it. 
I was walking in here with all of my gear, and somebody's like, "Hey, you should make sure you don't pick up any of the uh, ghost noises or anything." And I said, <laughs> "What? I didn't even know there was a, a spooky connotation with." Yeah, it. you know, the, the Manger sits on what used to be Alamo ground. Everything kind of developed around this very historic land. You know, there was a battle fought here, and even before the battle. There was, uh, you know, the Spaniards made agreements to, um, you know, pretty much tuck themselves along riverfronts and, you know, we'll give you food, stop attacking our colonies, that kind of thing. So it's been really rough land for a long time. Yeah, Um, yeah. And this building is supposed to have 32 identifiable ghosts within it. And 32 identifiable in a sense that over the 160 plus years of operation... 32 of them have shown themselves enough times to be recognized over and over again. So. Wow. Have you had any experiences? Or? I have only experienced the apparitions in my guest videos and pictures. Yeah. Um, I'm okay if I don't have an experience. I come in and I'm kind of like, right, yeah, no, leave thanks. me alone, I'll leave you alone. Yeah, like, yeah. coexistence for the most part. So. Well, I didn't set up a third microphone, so hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that, it, that happens though, where you know some of my guests tell me I was recording, and you know I didn't see or hear this, but once I replayed, it was there, and I'm like, yeah, get that often. So yeah, maybe you'll catch something. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, before I transition into something else, do you have any favorite historical tidbits? I mean, I think just the 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 fact that the Mingers were so affluent in this area and so mm-hmm. crucial, like I said, to the development of this this area. You know, it's it's nice working in a place that has that history behind it. That yeah, you know, because it's it's a piece of Texas history. You know, it was crucial to how things developed in San Antonio. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the like we were saying, the atmosphere is just beautiful. I do have a scenario for you. All right, so you're the head bartender. Teddy Roosevelt walks in. What is the best thing that you could serve him, and what's the worst thing that you could serve him in terms of what do you think his preferences would be? <laughs> well, I'm a whiskey drinker. I'm a complete whiskey girl. I, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have to be whiskey. I'd have to serve him whiskey. Straight whiskey. Straight whiskey. Okay. Um, I think tequila would probably be a bad choice. Tequila is one of those mood enhancers, and I have a strong personality, and, you know, yeah. he, he had a really strong personality, so, you know. Yeah. With tequila, you either, like, want to love, love, love people, or right. hit them in the face, and, you know, there's no in-between sometimes, so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there was some gunslinging in here. We have bullet holes to prove it, so. No way. Yeah, yeah, we have oh, bullet holes. Behind the bar, or? Um, over by the glass encasement, there was actually a marksman competition between Teddy and one of those recruits. Wow. And, it was, wow. uh, you know, a competition to see who could hit either side of that mirror without shattering the glass. And I think the one on the left is supposed to be Teddy's, and he did get a little closer. I mean, he was a pretty good shot. So Yeah. You know. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, I'm grateful that hasn't happened uh, since. Yeah, no, no, I am too. I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who've been packing since, but yeah, yeah thankfully, <laughs> oh, man. thankfully no more, you know. All right. I'm going to finish up with what's your favorite thing about working here and have having have worked here for the last 15 years? Well, I mean, I every day is a different kind of day for me. Mm -hmm. You're 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 speaking with people from all over the world. I think the 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 strangest word of mouth. Hey, I heard about y'all was from a woman who was climbing a Swiss mountain. You know, she said that she had mentioned to the people she was hiking with 
that she was going to be in San Antonio, and they were like, okay, you got to go to the Minger Bar. So that was a little strange. That was the, the weirdest wow. one. Wow. I mean, ultimately, I will have met some of the most amazing people in my lifetime here. I've yeah. been taking notes for a long time because I, at some point, want to write a book. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah. Um, wow. But I was, for, I was really fortunate to kind of experience the Minger through the eyes of the hierarchies of the families that... Uh, came here generation after generation. Mm-hmm. And, and even the, the staff, when I started working here, they were veteran staff. 20, 30, 40 plus years of employment here. So yeah. I really did absorb the Minger through the, the people that loved this place. Mm-hmm. And it was easy to fall in love with. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Angela. No when your book comes out, let me know and I'll be the first one to buy it. That's <laughs> yes, so sir, great. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you. No problem. While you're in San Antonio, obviously you need to check out the Minger Bar. It's very cool. Definitely walk along the river walk, uh, take in all the sights, look at all the history. The Tower of the Americas is cool as well. It's a rotating restaurant with great views of downtown. Additionally, check out the Esquire Tavern, which has the longest wooden bar in Texas at over 100 feet. I just had a Lone Star beer there. I'm sure the cocktails are good as well, but just sitting at a really long bar is in itself kind of a story, I guess. A quick shout out and thank you to Angela for talking with me. She was very nice. When her book comes out, I will let you all know. As always, thank you for listening to the Beer Nomad podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Additionally, you can follow along visually at my Instagram at the Beer Nomad Van or check out my website at thebeernomadvan.com. As always, drink good beer and be good to each other. Cheers. Mm-hmm.